Hi, this is Twenties Convos with Wally and Toby, a conversation between two age-old friends about life, the world, and everything in between. On this episode, we caught up with another friend, Tani Dabi, and we talked about growing up in the noughties, the one about upbringing in the culture. Here are the highlights. All right, good. Okay, so today we're talking about, um, you know, growing up in the noughties, which I argued with Wally about using this word. I wanted to use nineties because- uh, That was no option, bro. Bro, like, noughties is such a British thing to say, but anyway. What's noughties? So it's like the, the era between the 20, uh, 2000s and 2010, just that yeah. It sounds very sexual if you don't know that, by the way. If you don't know like the actual meaning, it just sounds like... Yeah, like naughty, oh, yeah, you, yeah. you grew up in like BDMS, B, B, BDSM, yeah. like in a BDSM decade. I don't know why. We didn't grow up in that decade, though. I grew up in the holy decade. <laughs> Okay, so, um, but what we're talking about, like, you know, as adults, we sometimes forget how much uh, the things that we grew up around, the environments, the people, affect how much of who we are, um, you know, as adults. And so we're just going to be talking through, I guess, different kinds of things, either from parents to schools to, you know, all those experiences and try to see how much they've affected who we are as adults. So it's kind of like a reflective session. So let, um, and let's give Dabi, like, a chance to, like, tell us about yourself briefly. <laughs> Um, my name is Gabby. I am 25 years old, born in 94. I grew up in Ibado, but I currently live in London. I've lived in London for three years now. Um, I work in tech. I work, I don't want to say what company I work for. I work for a Fortune 500 company. Um, I enjoy what I do. What else? I also fell into what I do randomly. Don't know how, but somehow. Um, I'm also a, I don't really like to say YouTuber, but I am a video creator. I create content about living in London and I kind of making the journey of moving to London and adjusting to life in the UK, trying to make it easier for someone else. And what's your YouTube, um, YouTube Based name? off of my experiences. Just my real name, so it's Tani Dabi. So my YouTube, um, my YouTube name is Tani Dabi, and there's a break, so it's Tani and Dabi, and then my Instagram's the same thing, Tani Dabi, but one word. Sweet, sweet. So guys, just check out Dabi's channel. Um, she puts up some really good stuff. I like the video. Um, check out the video where she's cutting her boyfriend's hair. That's hilarious. You know, that's some, <laughs> some good comic, comic relief. All right, so we take us, take us away. All right, cool. So let's get started. Um, I think the first one um, is is a fun one because we all grew up in Ibado, apparently. So um, let's start with you, Dabi. So what do you think, like just looking back at, I guess, all the years you spent in Ibado before moving to, to the UK, how much of that do you think shaped you as a person uh, today? Um, I'd say a decent amount. So I went to three different schools that were very, very different, like I don't like to use the word class-wise, but to be honest, that's just it. So class-wise, I went to three very different schools. So I went to ACA first. That was like my nursery and primary school, American Christian Academy, where I don't even think it's more about the class thing, but just I was exposed to so much information and so many like diverse kind of mindsets and people and all that. And that was in Ibado. And I found that experience was very, very different from when I was in ISI. Um, that was just for like a year and a half. Where are you an idiot? Both of you are ashamed, but I'm gonna continue my story. Wow. <laughs> she just came in and went out like that, like low key. Luke, I was in ISI for so I my mom took me out of ACA. So I was in ISI for like first year of secondary school and then half of the second year. I'll be honest with you. The only reason I left ISI because I saw people having sex and then I told my mom at home. I was kind of maybe 12 or 13, so maybe not the best time for me to see it and then go tell my mom. But the experience in ISI was really, really good because that was kind of my first time being in a school and in an environment where everyone was Nigerian and everyone looked like me because for a long time, at the first at the first couple years um, of like my education primary school i was one of 
either the only one or one of a few black people, which is very ironic in Ibano. Mm-hmm. So the Ibano I saw it when I was in ISI was very different. That was the first time I had Zobo, first time I had pure water. First time, it was like an overload. And like I didn't realize people who looked like me could like be cool, which is sounds so stupid, but mm. yeah. And then but I, to be honest, I was really happy in ISI. I still have friends I made from ISI that are still my friends, friends like this day and age. And then OBMS was a train wreck. I believe that school should be just. You know, what? I'm not. I'm not going to say more. <laughs> but OBMS was um, a very different experience, a very very negative experience. Um, I found it very close minded, very ibado, like. When you try to think of, think about like typical Ibado, like what that the stereotype, yeah. unfortunately, a lot of the people in that school kind of fall into that, and it was very like to be honest, I made one friend. I was in that school for almost five years. I made one one friend. Even when I did make friends, they ended up like ousting me because like I was I was too cool, I was too fly, whatever. Um, but yeah. So it was three different experiences. Yeah, yeah. Growing yeah. up in Ibano for me, I mean, and I, mean, I think that shaped me quite. I mean, to be fair, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because again, like part of what, part of what we'll talk about today is is how all of that links to upbringing. So you mentioned Ibano, and that led to you know school and then family as well. And like I told you, that that is what we're going to talk about today. And I think the, the deepest part we're going to get to is probably the family angle, like like mm-hmm. Tibana, because to be fair, even um. I was doing some brief research before we talked about today, and I saw that you know, family was actually the biggest um, shaper of, an, of a child's outcome in, in life. You know, yeah. The three variables. So family is key. But we'll dive into that um, before we go on. But Toby, just quickly, how did Ibadan shape? How do you think about as influenced you? Character-wise, um, choices, whatever. To be honest, I, I don't think I fully lived the Ibadan experience. Um, and I say that because... Um, the first school I went to was Lifeworks, uh, the junior one. Um, and that was a bit weird because I think, to give you context, Lifeworks was a school where we were not allowed to speak Yoruba. Like, <laughs> it was a school in Ibadan and we were not allowed to speak Yoruba. And so that well, just kind of... Colonialism! I didn't, I, I didn't like them in, in that school. They were, they were always brats in Lifeworks. Colonialism! <laughs> to be fair, like, you know, looking back at that period, um, that, that was one thing I feel like we missed out a lot on, you know, in that place but you know i grew up around all of that and then i ended up in isi and that was like worlds uh, apart like i know this is about ibado but i think for most of us our childhood was like stuck in school most of the time um and isi was it was interesting for me because i went from a class of like what maximum 15 people in a class to a class with 40 people speaking yoruba pidgin everywhere like it was a real culture shock for me but that aside i think ibado was a very um was very, it felt like a very homely place, right? Um, you know, you you live in neighborhoods where you can take your bike out and ride on the streets, go from one place to the other. Like it felt safe, at least in in, in, mm. in the two. So I think that definitely shaped my my view about like the world and exploring and things like that. Because I my cousins that grew up in Lagos, like them coming to Ibadan, they, they felt <laughs> they were just wild. <laughs> like they were just lost. You know? you know, like aside from all the fun things they got to do um, in Lagos, like. Almost all the things I had to do in Lagos were institutionalized, like either going to the mall or going to some park or whatnot. And so they didn't really get, get this idea of like, oh, you're going to your friend's house in the streets and you guys are playing on the road and things like mm-hmm. that. Like, mm-hmm. so I think that definitely affected a lot or in a good way of how I feel like the world and community and things like that. How about you, Willie? Um, to be fair, it's, it's hard because I think, I think Ibadan made me, not made me I, don't know, I don't know if I'm calm by nature, but I think Ibadan was calm and that reflected. I think I what think primary school did you go to? Sorry, me, because um, both of us have said, and I have no idea what primary school you went to. Did you go to primary school? Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> you are I not did. sure what school I did, you went. I did. I did. Uh, I went to. Oh, to fetch no, because, was, uh, because uh, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me learn, Mrs. Um, I went to um, your school, OBMS, actually, but like the primary school version of that. Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, threw yeah. shade already. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I sure the primary yeah. school was fine. I'm sure the primary school. Was fine. To be fair, it was. It was. I, ha- I heard it was much better than. Yeah, it was much better. Year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I couldn't go to secondary school there because I couldn't be in that same environment for like six years. I was there for six months. Nah. So I said was my only option, and I said was yeah. dope. From, from, from what yeah, I mean. truth. 
to be honest, I think most primary schools are pretty like good because uh, I remember Mr. P had this lesson. We had guys from All Saints, guys from OBS, guys from Lightfoot. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of difference, you know, in that lesson, in that after school coaching. So I think for most primary schools, at least most of the top ones in, in Ibadan, they did do a good job in so many areas. See, every time I hear all these things about all these like coaching that you people did and like met up in circles, I always feel so left out because I didn't even know this existed. Like, I didn't have a black. I feel like I didn't have a black friend until I was like maybe ten. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, I think the well, I shouldn't say I didn't have a black friend. I remember there was this one boy that was like concert in my class that was mixed race, mm. but like just standard Nigeria. No, yeah. not really. It took. I think Bidemi was my first one. My, oh yeah. yeah. Okay, final question <laughs> about Ibadan though. Like so, um, just in summary, right? You know what? What, what do you think is something that you know is a result like? Something that you are, like, well, you mentioned something about um, how calm you are and all of those things. Uh, so, Dabi, you know, looking at Ibado, what traits... I'm a calm guy. What's, what's that face, Dabi? Oh, no, 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 no. It's not even that. It's not even that. It's not even that. It's not about you. Okay. Not everything is about, it's about you. Oh, yeah, I did not realize. Please continue, Toby. Yeah, so, um, you know, what trait do you think definitely came from you living in Ibado um, that has stayed with you even till now? So the reason I made the face was because of the question, because whatever calmness Ibado gave to Walid Hanoa, <laughs> it gave me the opposite. I am a loose cannon because of Ibado. Like, I, you know, I don't know if you know that whole thing. I think it's because of OBMS and because I was such... I guess your, your teenage years are very formative. They're very important in terms of formative. And I was an outsider for the most of that. And I was an outsider in an environment where, like, most people communicated, one, in Yoruba, and two, it wasn't, like, posh, posh, fine, fine, Yoruba. It was, like, Yoruba. So my first, because my, like, first couple years, or my, my year, first year especially, I had an American accent. I was I was almost bullied, yeah. so I went very Ibado market woman. Like I am the kind of person that would drag an Okada man. I am that kind of Ibado person. That Ibado person is me. The one that fights in traffic is me. The one that fights in the market. The one that prices things so much that they start to insult you, and then we start to both insult each other. It's me. So that, I would say that is one thing that I really got from Ibadan, which is really good, I guess, in terms of, like, confidence. It really helped me in confidence in how to, like, handle things. Like, you can't ride me. And even if I think you're riding me and I think you can ride me, like any true Ibadan person, my mouth is much bigger than any actions I have. I cannot fight for anything, but no one needs to know that because Ibadan people will insult you till you cry. No, that is very true to be fair. That so that's true. me. Yeah, that is very true. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Well, do you want to add to your, your calmness? No, I mean, I guess, I don't know if, me, I don't believe that I'm somebody who insults, but there's been rumors that spread that I've insulted, insulted people in the past. Right, so I can attribute that to <laughs> the living in the battle. But I can assure you, it's, it's not my natural character. So for those who still hate me because of that insult I gave him, he gave him 2012. Apologies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. For me, um, ah, I'd have to go with being calm as well because um, what Ibadan did you people grow up in? What are you on about? I don't know. Like you know, I, I guess it was also because I never really like went out. I said was the only place where I like got to go out like into the world, like going to get to buy stuff or like things and all of those things. Maybe and you should have come to OBMS. Maybe, maybe because. You know, I think it wasn't until it wasn't until UI that I actually became a bit more like you know street quote unquote. Um, mm -hmm. I think even in ISI, it was still easy to fall into the circles of you know poshness in ISI as much as we were pretty much like mixed. But I think UI was where I really like got down with like just you know being able to like operate in the streets to be honest. But it was not like <clears throat> um, I was just like 
you know, gated person in terms of like growing up. I just feel like for, I don't know, for whatever reason, it wasn't, it wasn't until you were that I really like, you know, got the imbalance sense of things. You know what's funny? I'm just realizing now that amongst three of us here, I'm like, you know, streets, streets. Eh? No. Oh, Shekini, you like, can't so, be. I'm sorry, have you met me? No, bro, see, Dabi Street is just like, like, you know, people that they just know how to enter the zone, me. but like, they're not the zone. You're, uh, you're, oh, sorry, I'm not supposed to cut. Yeah, that's the the system, the lingo. For me, like, bro, I was, I was born in that, like... Born in the street. You're lying. Let's not take time, but let's move on. Okay, um, let's move on. We've covered a bit of things, and um, I think I, I, I want to make things a bit more serious now. Not that this wasn't serious, but um, do you guys grow up in like disciplinary homes like um what kind of homes did you grow up in like did you have strict parents and you know how has that changed or affected your perspective right now um let's start with you Willie. um i won't say i grew up in a strict home because i, I saw i had friends had friends who had had strict parents, parents. Mm-hmm. right um so i can't say i grew up in a strict home was fairly relaxed. I know there were things that I had to negotiate for. So, for example, the occasional, oh, you want to go out? Why are you going? Ask all the questions. And mm-hmm. I was somebody who understood my parents and I understood how to, how to tweak them. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. So, so that helps my favor. But I would not say it was a strict home, per se. Okay. So, Debbie, how about you? Um, I would say, to be honest, up until secondary school, 100%, I grew up in a very strict home. My mom come to beat me three times in secondary school, in school. One of them was SS3, so. (laughs) I grew up in a very strict home. Um, Yeah, I was quite enclosed. Like, I think maybe just because of the type of personality I have. Like, you cannot hold me down. You can't put me in a box. But my parents probably had seen that and were like, maybe let's. Maybe let's hold it back a bit. Um, so strict in that sense, yes. Um, but there were also a few things that I know they were quite chilled about that I quite appreciate. Like I was never forced to go to church. Like it was like if you want to go to church, fine. If you don't want to go to church, fine. Never really forced to cook. Like I was kind of forced to do house stuff. But um, and then on the flip side, which I still think is part of growing up in uni. My relationship with my mom really changed. I don't know why. I think maybe it was on her part, a conscious decision. But it then became like... Because in in, in secondary school, I was a liar. Like, when it came to, like, my parents, I was an absolute liar. I did not see that coming. (laughs) I was. And then in uni... Like, it got to the point where I could tell my mom I have a boyfriend. The, the change in the relationship really changed my, my personality as well. Um, it kind of made me a lot more open and kind of made me even more interested in who my mom was as a person. And that, in turn, influenced me quite a lot in terms of, like, see how I, like, stand up for things. I'm very opinionated. That's a lot I got from her, but I only got from her because she'd kind of changed and I saw her as someone I could confide in and someone who saw me as another human being and not as their child, which tends to be the thing with most African parents and was the thing with my parents until I got to that stage. Um, and I like what you mentioned about like the relationship with your mom changing like uh, once you got to secondary school or you know, you said. Um, so for me, I think um, my mom had me when she was really young or Actually, young for those days is what I would say, maybe. Uh, but I think I was raised more like in a very hip manner, in a way, uh, because my mom, my I mom is not. Here. That. <laughs> my mom. Give us an example. Yeah. Okay. So my mom never like beaten like maybe also because I wasn't that troublesome of a child, but my mom never like beat me. Yeah, so it's me that's a good. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know my my mom is the kind of mom that used to watch things like you know desperate housewives like or like you would never find nigerian movies in our house and i do like it, it seems like a very extreme like, example but i think it changed how she 
I guess, ended up raising me because I was mostly the only kid in the street that could go to anybody's house. I didn't really have a curfew per se, but I knew I sh- by seven, eight, I should probably come back home. Um, I didn't have any trouble asking my mom for things because she hardly said no, but maybe because I didn't ask for very ridiculous things either. So, um, and when it comes to beating, I, I think my mom, was, she raised me more psychologically than anything else. And so uh, I remember there was a time I did something a bit weird and it was just like a very sit down kind of conversation. And, you know, the, the message got through pretty well. That can't work for every child, to be honest. I think it was also due to just my personality as well. But I think even the personality that I had at certain stages in my life came from how she had already raised me early on. Um, I told my mom about my first girlfriend and I was like, I think I had, I think I was like 14 or 15. Um, and all of this, like, I would always tell her, not first, but like, it wasn't something I would hide. So when I hear people talking about, oh, like their mom can never find out, I'm like, wait, I, it was hard to relate. Um, <laughs> well, little more smiling because you can't yeah. relate. I can't, no, honestly, I can't relate. And now, and, and now I'm like sad because I feel like after this chat, I'll call my mom. <laughs> Because like I don't think I, I don't think I ever talk to my mom about any girlfriend before or anything like that. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I know she, I, I didn't know I don't I don't think so. I, I know okay. I I know she's she's she probably met a girl in the house at one time. She asked me and I said my friend, and but I never ever talked about my girlfriend my mom, which is actually weird now that I think about it. I definitely buy a call after this. You should. You can call me. You can if you need like so, some. Advice you can call me. Are you my mother? <laughs> advice about how to talk to her now. If, if not, she will just beat you. Okay, okay. Ah, bro, I'm like late. I'm, I'm nearing late twenties now. And you're also Yoruba, so forget about it. So, so just to wrap up my conversation about my mom. I think um, now the relationship with my mom has stayed the same, and we have conversations. Like honestly, she looks like my auntie or looks like my older sister in some cases, or auntie, let's say auntie, older sister is a bit extreme. No, 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 let me loud it, let me loud it. Toby's mom, the first time we saw Toby's mom, and I said we because I know it wasn't just me. We're like, yo, that's Toby's mom. Toby's mom was, I'm sure, not even was, is, because I'm sure she's still a babe, but but then like, we're like, Wow, Toby, man, your mom is it's a good-looking woman. Oh my god! Like, 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 she didn't pass with mom. Like, like, she looked like a sister, legit. <laughs> exactly. And she was so cool. Like, his mom. I remember my mom had this, this, um, this sunshades that, like, she now pull up in the car and the sunshades are like, well, like, so, like, you know, all those videos, um, all those movies in high school where they, they pull up in slow mo. <laughs> yeah. like, like, me and somebody, I think it was Banjo. I don't know who he was, but. <laughs> you know, somebody had that, 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 like, that, yo, Toby's mom is, yeah. So to be honest, and like, just that, that image that Wale has just painted, it translates into like my relationship with my mom, because like, we talk about a, a lot of things. And even now that I'm here in Ghana, she's in Nigeria, like, we, we talk once a week and it's never really about anything like concrete. Like we, we banter a lot. Like it's just weird. And um, when we have disagreements, um, it, it's always a simple conversation. Like I, if she's saying some kind of things and trying to do some kind of things, I'm like, like, mostly calm down. Like, you know the son that you raised and you know how we do this thing. So can we, like, not go all of this, like, extra drama and just talk about this yeah. thing? I know it kind of, like, always works out. Um, Are you the only child? Yes, I am. Same. I think it helps. Though. I think again, I'm, again, I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm the other one out again. Like, <laughs> they're forced, they're forced, the thing is they're forced to find a friend in you. They have mm, to. Mm, angle. <laughs> That is profound. That is actually profound. Okay, um, let's move to uh, marriage and relationships. And this is more like how, I guess, the families that we've grown up in, how they might or have shaped our view on not just like romantic relationships, but relationships as a whole with people, friends, and all of that. So um, I guess, would you say that is something that, I guess, happened either maybe not with your parents alone, but just in the environment that you grew up in? Um, I hope the question is, like, very straightforward. But, Debbie, what do you think? I would say that in terms of friendships, my my relationships, I, I can't really see them. I don't see how they've been really influenced by my parents much. Um, apart from, obviously, when you're in secondary school and they're like, oh, that's a bad friend and, like, your mom's always right. 
you find out later on um apart from that but these days i would say no because i don't know why i don't know why but in terms of like romantic relationships i would say yes so there are i don't have the best relationship with my dad um and there are kind of parts of my relationship with him that have bled into my romantic relationships in the past and i've kind of had to like take a seat back and like think about what i want from a person and not trying to find subconsciously find things that i didn't find in my relationship with my dad in my like current relationships and also looking at how my mom and dad related there were things that i liked and there were to be honest quite a lot of things i didn't like but that's because the dynamics of their relationships quite different they've been they were together since my mom was like maybe 19 or something and her mom's like in her 60s now just just <laughs> for an idea of how long and like i've seen the effects of things like just allowing people to like not staying your mind over time and kind of their relationship dynamic and kind of trying to take away from that what i can whether it's positive and whether it's like seeing the negative things and making sure that does not repeat itself in my relationships because i'm a very very strong believer in learning from older people but learning from older people does not mean doing what older people do blindly but kind of taking it to the next level learning from their mistakes awesome hey, how about you um honestly like i did like some deep deep not that deep but deep reflection when when i saw this aspect of it and yeah. the more i thought about it the more the more i realized it is possible as a link i say that because Um. <laughs> been there <laughs> been there done that <laughs> and, and i said that because um i so my dad is is pretty much it's cool yeah but pretty much emotion it doesn't show emotion right and i never ever saw my mom and dad show any emotion or anything i mean i mean like you might catch the occasional boring dry, dry jokes as a form of as a form of connection between them connection was there was never any evidence of you know as you see on tv anyway so i think in terms of my relationship with women um i i've, I've seen cases of that where there's my sensitivity to certain things is not as 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 it should be on demand anyway and and i can link that to how my dad is as a human being and probably to what so so again like this this is something that i probably did not deep as much on recently um then again like someone else could argue that it's a personality thing i don't know i'm not a psychologist maybe maybe if i see one they'll tell me but i don't i don't see a psychologist anyway. i'm cool i'm cool guys i'm cool i'm sorry i disagree i know it's your turn but i strongly disagree i i, I, I should see a shrink yes i honestly believe that almost mean? everyone should Oh okay mm. just like almost months. everyone should because it's really important to there's just a massive difference between someone objectively looking into your life the same way you said there's things that you haven't thought about right now now imagine someone that do you know how many years a shrink spends in school that has that level of knowledge and that now uses that lens to look into your life like i feel like mentally it would help anyone but sorry just yeah Fair enough. Um, I'll put that on. Black, my, black my mental mind. health. Let's not play with it, especially with men. Yeah, true, absolutely. I'll put, <clears throat> I'll, I'll, I'll put that on my. No, actually, that's a very good point because again, I, I don't think we take our mental health as serious as we should. I think, yeah, yeah we don't take that seriously. We should. Let me end it there. So yeah, um, in, in terms of marriages and my mom's and my dad's marriage and how that, yeah, there was definitely a link I can see, you know. And to be fair, I think in, in the other end, there is the argument I can make where. going up my mom and my sister no I'm I'm my sister because because I think they me and me and them that beef when I was younger so I'm not going to include them in this conversation now they became cool when I was like in uni but before uni like this now <laughs> yeah beef so me and my mom I think growing up like my sister went to uni very early right so when 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 went to uni, I was in university I was still in secondary school so um we had like a lot of um, rapport so I think that's where I learned if i can say like how to understand not understand women but 
I was more what's the word they use when someone um is like it's not like you understand women, but you are more aware of women issues. I don't know how to explain it. Conscious? But, conscious, or, yeah, but there's a there's a there's a term for that kind of person. But I mean, I think the time I spent with her, like just going to salon with her, market trips, just chatting at home, that definitely influenced how I see women yeah. in a way. So I guess that I guess that's a positive I can take from that. But in that end, their marriage obviously and how my dad expressed emotions also gets me too. All right. So um so for me mine mine is a bit interesting. And honestly, I should have thought of this question, you know, um, when I put it up there. But so my dad, my dad passed away when I was, what, five. And so honestly, I didn't really have like any sort of like husband and wife or like relationship to really look at in my primary environment. So I was essentially raised by a single mom. And so in terms of my view on relationships, I honestly, honestly believe it was shaped by um, like movies to be honest um tv shows and things like that um and then maybe like a few relationships around me but what i did notice was that i knew i always had a problem or no i felt weird when i saw my like my friends and their parents how their parents related you know in in in, like what i felt because obviously i've been watching a lot of movies and so my my perception of what an ideal marriage is like was kind of like painted by that and so when you get to reality you know i'd see that you know their mom comes back the dad comes back there's no hug there's no kiss there's no nothing like it's just very functional like let's raise Was this the Amer- american movies happy yes unfortunately unfortunately that's just kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so for me like it, it just felt very weird and so i think subconsciously in that stage i was like you know um where when I do start like getting into relationships, um, you know, I need to have that element of excitement or just like, you know, just that connection. Let me, I don't know, like, and I think that in, impacted a lot of the relationships that like I've been in so far. In that, I always try to create this ideal scenario and all of that. So to be honest, like short answer, um, not a primary relationship from like my environment, but I think movies, <laughs> a lot of movies shaped what I think you know, a typical relationship should be like, even with friendships as well. I think um, there's a question here about cliques and I think we can actually dive into that. Um, I wasn't wasn't really a clique person. I think I just had friends. (laughs) Wait, wait, let me land now. Let me land. I'm sorry, even I know you're a clique person and I don't even know you like that. No, no. (laughs) What I want to say is that like, when when it comes to like friends, I have certain okay maybe yeah, let me just say I'm a click person yes I have certain friends that I would always and I don't enjoy you know breaking out of that um, circle that often I don't find it very comfortable I find it very hard to make new friends and I, I kind of like hold the ones that I have pretty closely so uh, maybe that was also influenced by like movies because there's always like friends doing things and all of that um but i think in more recent times i've definitely been more objective about friendships about things and all of those things um and you know just filtering all what i've seen on consumed through media and now looking at what the reality of the situation is uh but yeah i, I was in a couple of cliques the one with wally but we didn't exactly call it a clique wally it's not like we had a name or no no we didn't call it a clique but i mean by but what clique is defined as the, the oh i didn't know you guys were in a clique but yeah um, the click the click thing yeah, I think I think that is also a a key thing because if it, if you deep it anyway, for me, I was I don't know like I'm talking to some people recently, yeah, and then and then and I spoke about future family and everything, and I said as I thought about as I look back on my life, I realized that the friends I had in secondary school and yeah. and uni, the close friends I have, like they are still very you know dear to my heart and. And, and, and they see a connection with them. So, like, even if I don't speak to them for one year, I can see buzz and say, hey, hey, alpha. And, and, and that just shows the importance of what school or what friends your child has as a kid. Yeah. Because mm. if, if I had, if I was in a clique that, that, that today, as I am right now, we can't have any intellectual connection as, as it is, I feel like they'll, they'll probably automatically become useless. But those guys are still important to me because, as even though as we've grown up, as they were, on, as 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 I was on their wavelength back then, we're still on kind of a similar wavelength in terms of um, intellectual curiosity and all. So I think that I think I think that showed me how important 
not just childhood friends, but the school in which you grow up. Because this is where you meet people that you might know for life in most cases. You know, besides work friends. Because when you, when, when you, after, after university, I'm going to work. But there's really any place you can make, make friends anymore. That's why I'm jealous of people like you that got to do like, move to a new country, but do like, get into some sort of education. Because mm-hmm. I didn't get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. That is true, honestly. But you know what's funny here? Yeah? Let me ask you guys. Do you guys have any um, nicknames? Nicknames that you had that you probably hate today or or you, or you still... I, I didn't have any special words. Obviously, I was like vertically challenged for most of my my years. Wow. Yo, you know what's funny? Eh? What you just yeah. said, I think that, that even sounds worse than, than just saying I wasn't tall. Short. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I said short. <laughs> please, please don't say but anymore. That just sounds... Ah, I, my God, you were not Jesus' name. <laughs> what? Jesus' name. Are you someone's mom? <laughs> But um, the point is, like, besides Smolly, to be honest, all, all the short references, I didn't really have any, like, nicknames. And I didn't hate them, to be honest. Like, if, if anything, I was very proud of being short because um, it stayed with me for a long time. And even now, like, I'm actually, what, what am I? I think I'm 5'7 now, which is not short by a lot of standards, depending on who you're asking. Uh, but I still see myself as that sort of, like, small person. But I think what, what really helped was that I was so, I think I was very confident in who I was as a person and the talents that I had, that you calling me short or smally or whatever, or whatever, didn't exactly like, it was just one of those things because I was still the guy that could play football, I could play piano, I could do all of yeah, this. Yeah, this guy had a left foot. Yeah, he always exactly. Played, you know what's funny, Dabi, back secondary school, we, we used to battle for, for football, right? But when you had a left foot, you're lucky because nobody has a left foot that is that common. So you always get left back position by default. But when 100 boys have right foot and you're the only one that has left foot, you just get your own. <laughs> so Toby always got left back, yeah. I remember. While we would be on the bench, I would never pick that up. <laughs> true, 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 true. And honestly, like, I think, th- thank you for bringing this up because I think also being a lefty as well, I think it counteracted every other thing because I identified more as a lefty than a short guy. Like, sure, I'm short, whatever. But I was also a lefty. And I think that was also very, it was less common. And it was just what I chose to be identified as, as anything else. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dabi, how about you? Like, friendships and things. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I forgot the question again. <laughs> um, the clique thing. Um, so, I, I'm very much a drifter. In terms of friendships, like I might have the same friends for ages, but in terms of like a circle of friends, I tend to be the one that dips in and out. And I, I don't know whether it's because like of the change in my schools and then like the last, like especially my teenage years, I was in a school where I didn't like anyone and no one liked me. I think that that would probably be a big part of it. Um, so I think that has actually shaped me in some way. I'm very difficult to to influence. Like without, and like I know that, and I know it's unfortunately it's kind of a bad thing sometimes. But I am quite difficult to influence if I don't respect you intellectually. Like if you're not someone, because there are people that like I respect as like elders or family or whatever. But if I don't respect you intellectually as a friend, whoever you are, I'm not going to listen to you. Um, I'm really not like I will argue with my mom to the death of me I am that person um yeah but in uni I actually did find a group of friends um they already kind of had a clique but I wouldn't say I'm, I was I'm like one of the like main ones but I'm still still friends with them child. like they're still my g's any day any time um but Again, I think is that me always just, I love my individuality. I, I always say it's because I'm a, an only child, but then you're an only child and you're super cliquey, so maybe it's not that. Um, I don't know whether, I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm a very individual-minded kind of person. And, and like when I find friends, I find friends in the most random places and friends I find in random places and random ways just 
have a tendency to almost be closer to me, like in my heart, because I know that like me meeting you was by absolute chance and you are very much on the same wavelength as me. And like, what are the odds of that? So like you're important in those situations. When I find people like that, even though I'm really, really bad at like keeping up with friendships and stuff, like I make some sort of effort, even if it's to like reach out once in a while and stuff, because that is more important to me than like cliques. Because again, kind of going back to the idea of like learning from older people, it's, I feel like that idea of cliques and having those friends is such like a societal structure that I don't think everyone particularly needs. I'm very much an introvert. I enjoy being outside, but after a while, I'm like, yeah, I need to like, I need to recharge. And that doesn't really work very well when you're uh, like in a clique because your friends will always want to go out and like, yeah. So that, and then in terms of um, nicknames, I don't know. A lot of older people call me Osoyi. Thankfully, my voice is a bit deeper now. You people are not real Yoruba people, honestly. I'm sorry. Your Yoruba can't yeah. be taken away. I might not talk about Dabi. She knows like the deepest Yoruba words. Yoruba words. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, I, I think, I know, I don't think, I believe her bedtime, her bedtime stories were like Yoruba dictionaries. My mom, no, my mom actually did used to tell me your, not only Yoruba stories, but my mom um, was an English major. Oh. Yeah. So, like, reading and stuff was very important to her. So, me learning Yoruba, I went to ACA. They didn't teach us Yoruba. So, my mom took the conscious effort to teach me Yoruba when I was, like, maybe eight or nine. She started. And when she started, she introduced, like, Yoruba, like, bedtime kind of stories, which I plan to do as well. But, yeah, that's why. I think maybe that's a part of it. I have. My 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 mom's, like, she's. When people think I'm smart, I'm like you. No, no, no. Honestly, like your mom is a G. I've met your mom a couple of times, and she's a G. And my mom also I'm used to abandon on, me with market people. On... <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm not even joking. Uh, that is what you call a proper induction. Like no, but it was. It wasn't even like intentional for me to learn or anything. But my mom is very much like me. I think I'm just very much like her, as much as I hate to admit it, but. We can make friends with anybody. My mom, like, I know, not to, like, throw shade or anything, but I know a lot of people's, like, parents tend to, like, maybe not be super educated or, like, are the first in their, like... My grandpa was, like, first minister of sports of Nigeria. Like, my mom has been educated. Like so royalty. <laughs> be- what royalty? No, 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 no. It was from way back before all that. <laughs> so my mom actually used to, when she would go to the market, she would leave me with like the market women that were kind of her friends. And she yeah. she would leave me for hours. And I would just just with all these old women and like and this was even when I was in ACA and when I was in ISI. And, like, it was a thing. Like, my mom would drop me there, give me a bottle of Fanta and come back whenever. <laughs> and, like, that interaction with me, like, it, I think it really added a lot to me as a person. Um, one, in terms of, like, language, my, like, linguistic abilities in Yoruba. And... Um, just being able to, I feel like people can, a lot of people can't relate to market women, which I don't understand sometimes. People always see market women as like all these random, and when you hear about who they are, it's ridiculous sometimes. Like the things they've gone through and the things they go through every day to get to that market spot and like how many people they're providing for and like all these, they're like women to look up to. Like, and our society does not recognize that. Because everyone looks down at them, but like they bust their ass. Do you know what time market women get there? And do you know what time they leave? They don't have any assistant. They don't have like, and then their shop girls will steal again. (laughs) But like that, that aspect of it, I would still thank my mom for. Don't know whether it was intentional or not, but that really helped me in terms of like, you should be able to relate to almost everybody because sometimes 
people might not be educated or might not be able to express themselves in a particular language or whatever, that does not discredit them as people or their intelligence or their abilities, really. But yeah, I don't know whether I've gone off point. No, honestly, (laughs) you're on, like on, because the the final question, right, that I I was going to wrap all this up with is like, maybe what major event happened in you know, your childhood or growing up that's, that has affected like a, like a lot who you are today. And honestly, if I was going to tell your story, I would pick this one. Um, but really? you know, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I don't know your full story, so um, you'll definitely have a chance to, to respond to that directly. But Wale, uh, maybe you go first. You know, what major uh, event? Let, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to deep so maybe someone else should go first. Okay, I'll go first then. Uh, so for me, I think, I hate that I always use this example, but it, it's a big example. So yes, um, being raised by a single mom, but more in reference, uh, in reference to, to my dad passing on. And so I grew up in, like, we were kind of like well-to-do, and we still are well-to-do, like depending on what standards you're using. But for my first, like, five years, I grew up like your typical, like, touche guy, like, you know, drive up, pick you up, drop you in school, take you here, take you there. Um, had DSTV when DSTV was just a thing. So, like, I think I was very privileged as, like, of, like my first five years growing up. And then I, but dad passed away, and then the story changed a bit. Um, and, you know, we went from living in a very big house to a small house and just that transition. But my mom, through all those years, always made sure that, you know, I still got that, I don't know, that training or that, like, um, that that view on life that look although you don't have x y or z like you're still a person that is um you know that has a point that has an opinion that has you know a perspective on things and that you can be proud of who you are as a person regardless of what has changed in our economical status and all of those things and i think i took that lesson to heart so bad because in just one she always wanted to drop me in school just to maintain that whole someone speaking up and dropping and i got to isi and i saw that my age mates were like you know jumping buses and things like that and so i told her look okay i don't want to do the morning um rush hour but i'll come home myself right and so from, from GS1, like from my f- second week in school, I started to go home myself and just like jumping buses, going to Dubai, going to all these things. And so I think um, just being taken away from that like privileged environment allowed me to experience life as a street kid, quote unquote. One of my friend's dad mentioned it and he's like, you know, like Toby, the difference between you and my son is that like because of how I grew up, I want my son to have everything and I've provided for him, but that has inadvertently made him a bit like complacent about a lot of things and, you know, isn't driven to do certain things. But you like, you know, like if my son wants something, my son will come and ask me, but if you want something, like you probably find a way to get it yourself. And I think that's been uh, my story for the longest time. Um, And I think I got to a point where I consciously didn't want to give my mom any trouble. And I was like, you know, I essentially, I tried to raise myself in a different kind of way, but just like, I just didn't want to give her trouble. If I wanted anything, I wouldn't really tell her or whatever. I just tried to figure it out on my own. And I think she noticed that at some point and just allowed me to be the person that I wanted to be while still maintaining that like relationship that we had. So long story short, I think that definitely changed, um, had a big impact on who I am today. Uh, so who wants to go next? Dabi. <laughs> Um, to be honest, it's really weird listening to your story because it's very, very similar to mine. Um, in terms of, I am, I'm the first person that will say white people should recognize their privilege. So I always, always say that I recognize my privilege growing up in Nigeria in a middle class home. Like it was very much middle class, but my mom was the kind of, was, she's alive, is (laughs) the kind of person that like, one morals is very very important to her and like you cannot bribe my mom you can't bribe her i don't know how you want to do it but you can't bribe her she's that person and like seeing other people as equal and speaking not only the truth but your truth and standing up for yourself and all that that is 100% something i got from my mom um because there's certain aspects of myself these days that I look at where like things like 
my opinions about like maybe LGBTQ matters, my opinions about like the whole Yahoo culture, my opinions about politicians, like in whatever country and like kind of the standard I hold them to and almost the standard I hold myself to as a person is very much a result of my relationship with my mom. So even though sometimes I, I think I, I know I'm doing the most and if anything, my whole thing is like a higher level of my mom's. <laughs> I do the most sometimes and I know it in terms of like, and there are days where like, I think, oh, I shouldn't, maybe I like should just shut up. And I'm honestly a believer in, if you have any platform, it doesn't even need to be a platform. If you have friends, if you have people you talk to, if you see something that is wrong, in that circle you need to speak up if people need a voice the same way we're asking white people to help us in whatever circumstance you're in if other people need a bit of help need a bit of a boost i like to think that like i would be able to like step in to some extent and that is very much from my mom like my mom tries her best even in situations involving me as well which sometimes i'm not a fan of um to be fair she's obsessed with being fair and being just a just person my mom is the least money obsessed nigerian i've ever met in my life i don't get it like i have mad mad ambition in that i i kind of got it from her but also she's so laid back in terms of like She's not, you know, that normal Nigerian like drive to like, oh, you have to be able to make money. You have to buy a house. You have to buy land. My mom doesn't have that. My mom wants to go on holiday and like chill. And like, my mom really likes gardening and reading, which I don't like gardening as much, but reading is my thing. Well, maybe I do like gardening. I have a lot of plants indoor. Um, But, kind of things like that so so many little things i definitely got from her that to be honest i don't see in a lot of african mothers like my mom has always pushed me to she she never she was never the person that was like oh you should have gotten a in everything it was more like oh what do you enjoy what you don't enjoy let's do better like if i mess up in something too much you whoop my ass but um just a lot of there's so many small elements that I can't really pick one major thing in terms of like how she's influenced me as a person. But I think the major thing is just the type of person she is has influenced me, and I'm very, very grateful for that. Awesome, awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I think what I'm hearing here really is just like the strong influence of. of of parents and 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 mothers in particular that actually um, you know are very deliberate about how they raise their kids and you know what they raise their kids to be. Uh, but Wale, uh, you know, let, let us hear from you as well. Yeah, um, similar to what Dabi said in terms of not having one specific element. I think one thing I do know that I'm thankful for is, and I probably might just list out some things I'm thankful for, is the fact that I was. My my opinion is where so like when it, com- when it comes to this, like what school do you want to go to, yeah. what things you want to get, what major I had to say, yeah. right? So choosing yeah. ISI like when when so my mates in primary school, for example, OBMS or OBS, whatever it's called, everybody wants most wanted to go to the secondary school. But just asking what school do you want to go, I went. I said ISI, and I, I was kind of kid where I did only only ISI command and draft, and that was it. So the same with Babcock today. Asked me where do you want to go to after Babcock. So that's one thing. I think another thing that I'm, I'm happy I got was a safe, a safe space because I'm compared to some people. I can imagine, like you guys said, privilege. Uh, I can't. I, I, I don't write a time where I would go home and I would be at home and not be happy I'm home. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I mean, besides the occasional like not maybe even like what about because when you're Society where you know people are trying to get the new stuff, get the new parties, whatever, and you already use a life that you think, oh, this is great, home is comfortable, you know. So things are flashy and not 
as they're not as flashy. They might be flashy, but there's not a must for you to get because you know that you're, you're doing you're doing okay in life. You know, at a very young age. So I think that's one thing that I go as well. Also, I'll say provisions. Um, to be fair, I I don't think my dad needed to send me to a private university. I I always think about it. I don't think he needed to, and he did. I don't think he needed to pay for my master's education, and he did. And and those things were things that I did not say. Oh, daddy, please, you gotta do this now. It was just like like his own, his own principles was look. I'll give you an education that you want that you that the best I can I can give you and and and, and that, that is it's like so he so that was his own his own vibe and obviously I'm grateful for that because you know going to ISI going to Babcock in in funny ways led me to where I am today. And and obviously one last thing, maybe one second to the last thing is my friends. Um I always say this like I'm a product of my friends that I've had since since secondary school and university especially secondary school because um, me me moving to I don't know you guys might know I moved to Lagos I started living in Lagos at a certain point and and obviously I became I became very close with what I call my new family in Lagos so just having my friends that I I, I knew from ISI to Babcock people who you know never ever would never departed in in like we had similar hobbies similar similar things that made us comfortable so we never ever had like conflicts of, of 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 interest in that sense, and then me moving to Lagos to a new place, and then and then finding like a new family, my cousin and my other cousins. I still had that connection to to home, to everyone, and I never lost that. I think that's underrated because as you go up, 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 you have to have people wake and tell stories, talk about stories with when you're fifty, talk about times where you were. Because I can't imagine being fifty years old and then I have nothing to talk about with anyone about life in twenties. Get so I feel like that's that also so I'm grateful for friends as well. But besides that, I think everything's just bits and pieces, nothing major. And and yeah. there's, there's actually times that I feel like my childhood from like age eight to zero was a scam because I, I don't remember anything that happened between eight, zero and eight. In fact, I, I had to get pictures of that the baby as proof that that I wasn't just <laughs> I wasn't just taken up by from from somewhere. Yeah. So. So from yeah. like age ten to like yeah, that's that's my normal really um starts and obviously this this thing I mentioned I think that that's very grateful for pretty much. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um to be honest, I think we we've we've shared a lot of like important things here, um about how we're not really disconnected from like our childhood growing up. And I think a lot of people try to, again, nobody's saying don't reinvent yourself um, in terms of like, you know, who you are as an adult. But I think, um, you know, reflecting back on, on the things that have shaped you as a person up until whatever point you decide to reinvent yourself um, is very important. And I think that's kind of like what has hit through with this conversation. Before we go, um, and what I want to say that I just realized is, I think it's important for us not to look up people the same way we left them all right cool final word Dabi, before we wrap this up anything um i would say i assume most of the people that probably will consume this content are nigerians or africans um i would say especially from an african perspective don't be too quick to one judge your parents which I, I should probably learn from as well but at the same time respect your elders and learn from your elders and don't learn blindly like it's really very much up to us and up to us as the next generation to improve on the last generation and the only way that can truly happen is if we are different from them but different in a good way learning from their mistakes like this is a random example but just because your dad was maybe a greedy politician or I don't know, a scammer or something doesn't mean you can't learn from maybe if he was a kind person to his family and then also learn from the fact that like this was wrong. I need to not continue this part of the legacy. That's just, that's a very extreme example, but like learning from things like that, like culturally as well, like, the way we relate to women, the way we relate to lots of different things. I'm going to bring up the LGBTQ thing as well. But like learning to respect other people, things like that, which 
it's not a thing in our parents like in our parents generation like just respecting people as human beings based off of whatever even if they're different from you was not a thing in their generation and that's just another example of like at the very least try to learn from their mistakes yeah i, I think that was a powerful point about judging your parents i think that was powerful and and like i say every, every time we talk every day every weekend i take something away from it that is useful for me so thanks for that that was that was very very important all right, all right. Um, this was this was fun. This didn't really go the way that I painted in my head, but I think this was a lot better than what I expected. Um, but thank you so much, Debbie, for honoring the invitation and you know sharing your thoughts with us. Um, shout out to Debbie. Yes, yeah, so shout out to Debbie. Like, hey. there you have it. A review of this week's episode of Twenties Convos. If you enjoyed this, please like it or leave a rating or share it with a friend you think might enjoy this too. We release new episodes every Monday, but till next time, take care and stay safe.